songs pod we back in action that's right episode 143 december 23rd 2020 christmas eve eve it's about to be christmas eve here mate that's right and um we've got like a proper midwestern blizzard i think i sent you a video you did you did the wind chill is minus 16 wow dramatic while we are talking, it will become Christmas Eve for you. It will probably be Fantastic. Christmas Eve for me. Oh, around the time I upload this, and so probably by the time anybody is listening, unless we have any listeners in Hawaii, um, you'll be listening to Hawaii. it on, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Um, you never know. You never know. New Zealand. New Zealand's already Christmas Eve. That's true. We, you know. That's Got Josty out there. Uh-huh. Happy holidays to Paul Jost and family. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's already Christmas Eve in the UK. It's even already Christmas Eve on the East Coast because it's uh, 9.23 p.m. on the West Coast. Um, yeah, well, we've clarified the time we're doing the <laughs> podcast. Uh, anyways, I've, I've, I think I've started a new feature on recent programs, um, which I like to call the unknownest. And... Um, as the manager of a very small record label called Brokership Records, and you, the CEO of Little Brother, um, that's right. Yeah, we get these like um, I get submissions, um, some really good ones, some really interesting ones, and um, you know I'm backed up here. Like records didn't really sell this year at all because, like, as I've spoken about before, most of my bands are you know dependent on playing shows and selling records. So that didn't happen. And who knows when that'll happen again. Um, I've got, I'm, you know, I'm tied up for six months. I got a new Dosh 12 inch. I got the test pressing this week. It's fantastic EP. Summertime time. Martin Dosh from Minneapolis. Amazing performer. Um, so hopefully people will be interested in that. Then I've got Lucy Arnell and Piranarama working hard on their EPs. So I just don't know what to do with these submissions um, other than like pick and choose and like play things that are really awesome that I get via email at brokership1 at gmail.com. I'm not going to discourage them, like, you know, bring them on. Um, I'm going to play one that I got pretty recently from a guy called David Wright. In Louisville, Kentucky, does all the music himself. Obviously unreleased, relatively unknown. Um, he's really looking forward to playing live again because apparently he's built a band. But he did this all himself. And this is a song that he made called Palaces for the People for Tea.
cool. David Wright. Yeah. W. David Wright with a W in front of the R I G H T. Like the old Mets third baseman. Indeed, yeah. It could be. Yeah. It could be. It could be that like that he's moved to Louisville. <laughs> and he's like he's doing home recordings. That would be awesome. All by himself. I would I would be down with that. Uh he do you know much? Have a smooth swing. Do you know much about him? Yeah, I mean that was that not was not at all. Kind of I don't a know much about him. A groove. Um, so you don't even know. I'm curious if he's been in other bands, played on other records. Well, Louisville's got hips. That's true. Um, no. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, palaces for the people. For, for tea. tea. I like to think like Terry Allen, my dear friend. Rest in peace, Terry. But like. Uh, we always called him T, mm. but uh, love Louisville, and um, we'll look out for more of that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it, and thank you, David. No, it's like Martin, like, you know, like Martin Dosh, like, you know, obviously that'd be a suitable accompaniment for his live show, so. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, a little, like, Felia Brasilia, who you've played yeah, on exactly. the show Yeah, exactly, Steve Cobby, my man Steve mm-hmm. Cobby. Mm-hmm, yep. The busiest man in Hull, outside of Eric Dimmick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awful to spend to not have gone to Hull this year. Right, right. Yeah, really hard for me. I think I've probably mentioned that a few times before. I feel like I'm reiterating like comments from a previous show. but <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Perhaps I'll stop that it's, at some point. It's the end of the year, so we're recapping the, the, the earlier throughout the year, I guess. No, uh, no, we're hitting new pulses. Uh, that's like, true, we know, are. The vibes are the same. There is like a circular nature to like 2020 yep. in general. Yep. Um, you know, same as it ever was. There hasn't, there hasn't been that many, yeah, there hasn't been that many new adventures, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yep. <laughs> that's true. But. Know. But, and this is a good way for me to pivot into my song, my first song. But I, a new adventure for me is I've recently discovered a band that I was completely unaware of. Uh, and I don't know if you know them or know of them or are a huge fan of them. But if you are a huge fan of them and you haven't played them for me, shame on you, Bob, because I just, <laughs> I just found out about the Deep Freeze Mice. Uh, yeah, you mentioned them um, recently. Yeah, um, they're a band from the UK, uh, from Leicester. Yeah, good old Leicester. Good old Leicester. Midlands, Midlands. I'm gonna, I'll do some Midlands action for you. Okay, uh, and they were led by one Alan Jenkins, who, in addition to the Deep Freeze Mice, you know, they were around from '79 until about 1990. Then they split up. Alan Jenkins. Did some solo stuff. He played in a group called Ruth's Refrigerator. Um, he was in the Chrysanthemums. They were kind of big. He was in the Chrysanthemums. Um, he was in a band called The Creams. Uh, and he also founded Cordelia Records, which is still going to this day and in releasing a bunch of great music. Um, kind of fellow weirdo R. Stevie Moore, uh, American version of Alan's um, kind of craziness. But, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to play some Deep Freeze Mice. Maybe I'll play I'll play one from their first album, uh, re- released in 1979 on Mole Embalming Records. Yeah, uh, and there's a, a very busy guy. Yeah, very busy guy. Um, yeah, like a huge amount of material. Yeah, incredibly prolific. 
you know, just just this weird, you know, I'll play it and then we'll talk about what it kind of yeah. reminds me of. Um, but this is 1979. This is the first track off of My Geraniums Are Bulletproof. And the song is called uh, Minstrel Yogurt, sorry, Minstrel Radio Yogurt. <laughs> Escape from Radio One, Bob. Oh, fantastic! You know, it's the it's the absurdist lyrics. It's like um, yeah, half half man, half biscuit, right? And, um, television personalities and uh, exactly Robin Hitchcock and Sid Barrett and so many of these weird. Uh, there's another one that comes to mind. Cleaners from oh, Venus is another. Uh, I don't yeah. know. If, have I played Cleaners from Venus for you? We played them on the show. I don't think so. Oh well, I'll have to. I'll have to play them. Um, but you know, just just kind of this like odd, absurdist, um, quirky, very very British perspective. And you know, I think they were this a band that they were releasing independent records. You know, I think there was maybe five hundred of that record that was issued. It's a lot. 
It is, but it's the sort of thing that is... Imagine they sold them all. Oh, I'm sure. It's It's the sort of thing that is unlikely to make it to the West Coast of America. And so in the 80s, I mean, they were around from 79 to 1990, and I just never came across them. Like somebody the, put out like some sort of greatest hits thing from mm-hmm. the last ten years, mm-hmm. or in the last ten years, right? Yeah. Recently, there was a comp in 2014, an LP uh, called "The Best of the Deep Freeze Mice" that includes that song. It includes, you know, a number of uh, kind of their more, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's certainly not greatest hits because. Um, I don't well, know. they're all great hits. They are. They're all great hits. Um, that was. But they, uh, you know, I, I think maybe they had their, their, you know, they're, they're kind of following in the UK, but this is the sort of regional band that just never It was a band as, as opposed to a one-man act. It was a band, yeah. It was yeah. a band. Um and, you know, on some of the other, uh, you know, they released a number of albums throughout the 80s. Um, in some cases, there are songs with duets with um, Cherie Lawrence, uh, who played keyboards. And um, she, has, she has a very sweet voice, and she would kind of counteract Alan's droll, almost monotone singing style. Um, but just a really good band, you know, a band that I've very happily discovered in the last month or two. Fantastic. Yeah. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever heard of Ed Banger and the Nosebleeds? Uh, no. Yeah, 1976. Okay. Manchester. Uh-huh. So we're, we're going about, let's see, I'm going to say about 80 miles, 100 miles northwest-ish of Leicester. Okay. Where the Deep Priest Mice are from. And it was a band that included Morrissey mm. in one stage. And some people's favorite guitarist, Finney Riley. That's right. That's and right. Um, he, of course, is one of the first artists on, I think Tony Wilson might have even played, um, Factory Records, one of the early artists, obviously part of the amazing documentary 24-Hour Party People, but like this is a band that was completely unique in that scene, a band that I always called the Darudi Column, but I think it's actually pronounced the Darudi Column, mm. and um, hundreds of amazing songs, but an amazing guitar player, very creative guy, and... Um, it's a song that he made in the '80s. I can't even really pinpoint it when it actually came out. Um, "Sketch for Summer" being like the song that most people would know. In fact, it's a a huge favorite of Lottie Malkmus's. She's a brilliant musician herself. But um, I'm going to play "Otis" by the Durrani Column, and we'll talk about Vinnie Riley afterwards. <laughs> Thank you. 
beautiful, very layered, textual. Vinnie Riley. So, well, I, mean, I have to say, Bob, you threw me when you when you called them Ed Banger and the Nosebleeds. Because I do know the nosebleeds. Yeah, the nosebleeds. The lead banger was the main guy. Well, so I played the nosebleeds back oh, on you did? episode 83. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> you know, 60 shows ago, mate. <laughs> it was. It was. I wonder if it was like Vinny on the, um, Vinny on the guitar then. Because he's only in the band for a couple of years. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. right. And, and yeah, that's they're sort of... The asterisk, they did release a 7-inch in their time in 1977, and then they broke up. Um, and Morrissey did join the band after that 7-inch and before they ever recorded anything else. And so it's it's more of an asterisk in music history that it was Morrissey's first band, but never documented as such, and definitely worthwhile. Vinny was definitely on the 7 Yes, exactly. Worthwhile as Vinny's first band um do you want me to play the song i played episode 83 you want me to refresh your memory absolutely okay here you go ain't been to no music school my memory needs refreshing the nosebleeds
definitely more raucous than the <laughs> yeah, Jerodi. They, they didn't know need to go to any music school. <laughs> yeah, do you think? Do you think Vinny they was? They had it figured out. Do you think Vinny was playing that uh, the solo there, or was he, he playing played the Ripper there? Yeah, yeah, he, played, he absolutely played the Ripper on that. Yeah. Um, when you but back then, like you know, punk rock, like you know, it's, I mean, again, I wasn't around like for live punk rock in the late seventies because I was a no. kid. Right, and you were you were even more of a kid. Yeah, You're like yeah. Teddy's age, but yes. like, um, it's just like, I mean, just an insane time to be alive. I mean, well, right. I, I mean, mean, like the end tables in Louisville, because like you know, like, um, the end tables, you know, like, uh, or just like a thousand other. I mean, like you know, just. Brilliant bands, mm-hmm. you know? many of which were never even really documented, or if they were, it was just like some practice tape, you know. Uh, yeah, certainly some never of them had. Were actually, like, yeah, just like run, yeah, just run the uh, or... old school tape recorders, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like. And you could but tell they actually had a great mix on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, but you could tell it was not recorded in a like high quality studio. It was yeah. Well, fuck that. I mean, <laughs> that's right. It said banger in the nosebleeds. <laughs> That's <laughs> Anyways, right. Anyways, uh, Vinnie Riley um, has one of the greatest quotes ever just about a lot of things, but um, it's a pretty famous quote. It's it's a bit, It's got a bit of length to it, Mike, so you mm-hmm. have to beg my indulgence here. Okay. Um, he said um, he suffered a stroke. Um, he's, six, he's late 60s now, okay. and he, he suffered a stroke about 10 years ago. And it kind of made his left hand um, ineffective, which was his fretboard hand. So um, it affected his guitar playing. But um, around that time, he said, like, in the end, I don't know if it's good music or bad music or indifferent music. I have no idea. I don't really care too much. It's done with and over with. People would say, why do you release it anyway if you don't really rate it? The answer is whatever music it is, bad, good, indifferent, stupid, boring, whatever, is truthful. At the time, it's the truth and it's honest. There's no attempt to portray an image or a career or anything. It's what it is. And truth can be painful. It's about losses close to me and about my own depression, but it's cathartic. But you have to be truthful. If you're not true in what you do, if you're creative, then you should forget it. All I've ever tried to do is be truthful. And like, you know, Billy Riley, when he was a kid, he was like a brilliant footballer. Like he was like, they thought he was going to be like a huge soccer star, football star in, in England. And he's like, no, I'm more interested in music. I don't want to go to music school. I'm more interested in music. And then he became one of the first artists on factory records. And like, obviously somewhat overshadowed. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely not forgotten, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I, I love that. You know, it reminds me of that, is it Yates or Keats? I always get the two of them mixed up. But one of them had that line, beauty is truth, truth, beauty. And it's true, right? right? over my head there. I never went to English school. It's, it, um, uh, but, but, you know, the point being, beauty in art is truth. And truth is beautiful. And... If you're being authentic and you're making music that speaks to you at the time, 
it's almost hard as the artist to judge its worth. You're just putting it out there as a snapshot of what your life was at the time that you recorded it, that you made it. Yeah. I mean, like, truth's pretty important. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So We uh, could use some truth-telling in general. That's yeah. for absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, thank you for that. Thank you. I, Dorothy Call. Well, thank you for playing um, the nosebleeds. Yeah. You know, here's to play Vinnie again Riley. Play them on episode um, 203. <laughs> yeah. And we'll prize them. And... We'll, we'll, we'll play the B-side of that one, Fascist Pigs, um, which is also a classic. <laughs> yeah. Do you own it, or do you just like I, spin it? Do you own, do you I own don't know. Send your files. Yeah. I just I I found some music blog posted the MP3s of that single years ago, and I was like, "What well, you got your finger things? on the pulse over there?" I do yeah, that's right. Pretty sly, pretty sly, pretty sly. The chestnuts, pretty sly. Well, so I'm gonna play something now that's a shout out and a thank you to your friend. Your longtime friend and my recent friend, Tracy Wilson. Oh, the TK Doves. Who has been yeah. on the podcast. Turntable Report. Turntable Report. Yeah. As One part of our excellent guests this year. I think. Yeah. Was this year that we introduced guests to the show? It was, yes. Yes. We introduced I think we're about guests. six for six. Yep. Um,. Tracy um, was Aaron one of Osmond, Lucy Arnell. Yep. Tra- uh, Tracy Wilson, um, email Amos, Eric Bartlett, Dimitri, Dimitri, Dimitri uh, Fred Thomas. Thomas uh, Fred Thomas, fantastic. Yep. Um, so who else have we had? I, we don't want to leave anybody out. I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's everybody. I don't know off the top of my head, but I can I can double check. Um, you know, I mean, going back, of course, we've had my friend, my good friend Jack, who I believe today is actually the day that Mr. Jack Houston is moving to Arkansas. Is that um, his real name? I know I've asked you that before. It is. Jack Houston. That is his real name. Jackie Houston. Jackie so Houston. So now, where, what is he going to do in Arkansas? I don't know. I don't know. No clue. Yeah. And what part? Do you know what town he's going to uh, do? No. He told me, but I forget. I didn't not Hot Springs or Little Rock. It's not Hearts, Hot Springs. It's not Little Rock. It's some somewhere smaller. It's it's the um not the big college town, but like the other college town. Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Yes, Fayetteville. That's where he's going. Yeah, it's cool there. I um, like it. I've been there. So uh so anyway, those are all the guests that we've had. Jack Houston, for God's sake. <laughs> See, I never did a show with him. You never well, did a show. When he gets down to Arkansas. We'll 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 get Jack on the show with you. Because I think the two of you would totally hit it off. Anyway, back to Tracy Wilson in her turntable report. She turned me on based on a description. And holy hell. Well, you want a source. If you want a source, you know, then, yeah. If I I was smart, I would have thought of this ahead of the show. I'm thinking of it now. Um, So I'm going to, as I'm talking, I'm going to search through my email and find her description of this album which I just, based on her description, I bought it sight unseen, um, and I found it. Okay, so I'll, should I play the song first or read her? I'll read her description first because I didn't hear the music. Um, <laughs> I, it, her description made me buy it 
without ever even listening to it. It's like, that's good enough for me. So the album is called Age of Exile. It came out this year. The label it's is... It's Rock Critic of the Year. She's yeah. Win, like, you know. uh, D4MT Labs. Unfortunately, the vinyl is now out of print, but you can download the full album from Bandcamp for, I think, a dollar. Certainly pay them more um, if you want to download it. But uh, here's her here's her review. Age of Exile carries the effortlessness of Slanted and Enchanted, English major lyric, lyrical smarts to boot, with the energy and intent of the X. It's as if those... Oh, har- well, that's right up your street. Right, right, exactly. She had me there, but then she kept I going. Mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, but then she kept going, Bob. Listen to this. So it's as if those hardcore songs within the Sebado catalog started a really good band from New York and talked about the all the important parts left out of our American history books. All profits from this record will be donated to the Red Nation. So, she had me right there. I bought it. I was not disappointed. Uh, what the hell is it called? It's called Age of Exile by Strawman Army. It's one of my favorite records of the Strawman year. Strawman Army? Where they're, are they from? They're from Brooklyn. Um, and it's just a couple guys. Um, I think it's Owen and what's the other guy's name? I'm pull it up real quick. Uh, call him Jimmy. Uh, no, it's not Jimmy. I, I got to do him justice. Um, it is Owen and Sean. S E A N. Owen and Sean, with a little help from Siva on some additional instrumentation. Uh, I think Owen is a band in a band called Kaleidoscope, who's a little bit more traditional hardcore raucous, uh, but. This is Strawman Army, title track from Age of Exile. I hope you like it. I like it. Cool. Here you go. TK Dubs.
kind of a lot going on there, huh? Were they saying Seattle in my head? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, although they do come. The album comes with a lyric sheet. Um, we'll read it. But oh. um, the uh, I'd have to get up and go grab the record. But it was more like to me. It was more like wingtip slow or like really the go to beds. But like I mean, like yeah, it's, it's cool, I mean, right? Right. It, it's but it is like very. 1991. Yeah, and it's um, it's almost the like this still do that. surf hardcore feel um, with no, very I mean, like, very political lyrics, uh, very progressive lyrics. Um, but yeah, I just I really dig it. Uh, and the whole record, it's fairly diverse. I mean, I think. But where was like a, like I mean, is there anything on there that sounds anything like Slain and Enchanted? Because like mm. we didn't. I you know I think it's there's some more like in, instrumental interludes that are kind of more along those lines. Not to criticize like, or, Tracy's like you know maybe like the two states side of Slanted and Enchanted, um, the fall side of the Slanted. fall side the the, fall the side. kind of shouty side you know like the um, you know what is it, the What's that one? I'm not trying to be picky. What, what's the like one that starts? Else. It's you know, it's your band, man. So uh, I forget the name of the song, but it starts with the scream, and it's like, ah, 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 you know, condo for sale. Right? Yeah, it's more like that. That's like the. It's not the here slide of side of slanted and enchanted. It's it's the conduit for sale side. Uh, I can play one more. I mean, this I love this record, so I'd be happy to play another that kind of shows a little bit of a different side of them. Fired out, Mike. You know, uh, nobody's shutting you down here. Okay, you know? it's a short one, so uh, you know, you, if, if you don't love it, you, you won't take long until it's over. So this one's called Option Despair from Strawman Army. Age of Exile is the album.
kind of Minuteman-esque to that one. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, both in the earnest political lyrics and in kind of the bouncy bass line and, and the drum beat. Um, I'd but, say it's way more from that era than like what you earlier described. Right. Well, and y- y- it's funny. Oh, the it, axe. I mean, the axe. The axe for the sure. Axe for sure. Um, yeah. It, it, Which it, will always get you biting. It, for, yeah. <laughs> It, it get you champing at the bit. It almost they almost seem like a band out of time. You know that doesn't seem like an album that came out in 2020. No, definitely um, not. No. And I think they don't. They get pigeonholed as a hardcore band because they're on a label that I think has released some hardcore records. But to me, that doesn't sound like hardcore. What's the label called? Uh, D4MT Labs. Yeah, that's like. So Brooklyn-y. It's like right uh, off the tip think. of your tongue, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. So Bob, I, I, I have, I have a guest. I don't know if you can hear. I don't know if you can hear. Anyway, so look, b- b- before we get to your guest, um, can you hear? If you want to go to, um, is that your kitty? Oh yeah, it's a raging <laughs> kitty. That's the donut. The, the new, ghost. The, the donut has the emerged. Yes. The ghost was six feet away. And he was a bit put off yeah. by something, and he's 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 could have been the cold wind. Yeah, he's just ventured back upstairs. But um, yeah, Tracy Wilson. Uh huh. Tinyletter dot com slash turntable report. So That's anybody, right. and so I mean, join up, sign up weekly. Join up, sign up weekly. Bi monthly. I think it's bi monthly. Or is it bi monthly? Okay. Something like that. Weekly, bi-monthly, what the hell is this? I don't know. I, it's Come on, it's usually, I, I just remember he, seeing it on Mondays. I get an email from her with a bunch of good records that I know I need She's to She's the greatest. Out. Like, yeah. um, you know, like, you're talking about, like, tier four, tier one. We don't have that in this country, but we should. They have it in the UK. Um, yeah, if you're in tier four, like we've been all year, essentially, like, um, locked down, mm-hmm. then... Tracy keeps your finger on the pulse. Merry okay. Christmas to Tracy and Kenny. She 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 sifts through all of the records so you don't have to, and she gives you the best of the best. Yeah. And like um I think one year ago and let's see, about December nineteenth of last year, I DJed with Tracy and Kenny at the Patrick Henry Pub in Richmond, and we had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, it's five hours. You should have been there. Where were you? you I were, don't know. You were, like, were you in Portland or what? were you in Queens? When was this? Uh, December 19th of last year. I was in Portland at that point. Yeah. I was probably three weeks away from meeting you for the first time. Yeah. Right. So, so we had a great time. Uh, Anyways, I'll keep us in the UK, and I'll play something that does not sound like something from the past. It sounds very 2020. Okay. And um, this is an artist who originally is from Melton Mowbray in the Midlands of England. Do you know what they're famous for? Melton uh, Mowbray? Uh, some sort of alcohol? Oh, you've never been to the UK? Uh, I've been to London once for like three days. Three days, yeah. And that was it. Did you go to... into... Um, so you've never, like, driven around the UK? No, I went to the Tate 
and I went to a couple pubs. Oh yeah, the Tate's fantastic. <laughs> a couple of pubs in the Tate, you did well, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, Melton Beaubray is like uh, famous for pork pies, which are a snack, mm-hmm. a breaded snack with pork in the middle. <laughs> and um, I think she's like a. It's a. Her name is Tor Marie's, and um, and she's Billy No Mates, and. Uh, We'll talk about it afterwards, but she's on the Invada record label, and this is off of her self-titled first album that came out this year. Although I think the single for this might have come out last year, but this is a song called No by Billy No Mates. Jeff Barrow, Jeff Barrow, Portishead. You, are you a Portishead fan? Um, yeah, you know the stuff I've heard, I like, but I am not that familiar with a lot of their stuff. I just Me know neither. the big hits. So, 
and Billy No Mates, me neither too, but like, you know, she's a new artist and um, that's so 2020 to me. Mm hmm. It's very, yeah. In a great it does, way. It does great sound way, like, very hip and current. And you can see like the Seaford mods, like her seeing them being like, you know, I can do this too, mm-hmm. which is one of the purposes of Seaford mods, I think, is like to inspire a generation of young people. But like, I mean, I think her spirit is built around like um, a lot of things, like, but uh, just generally speaking, like, her quote is like, in, in a world of yes men, like, I'd rather be a no woman. You know? <laughs> so, you know, more power to her, you know, bring it on, you know. Come on, you know. The subject go matter. Go on tour, go on tour, Maurice. Right. Um, the subject matter of that song reminded me a bit of one of my favorite songs from last year. Uh, they're a band, the, the, do you know Big Thief? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did you play that? I have not played Big Thief. Um, yeah, I thought we did. I, thought we I, did. I don't think we have. Do you, um, but the song that I'm thinking of is, they have a song called Not. Um, mm. Do you know that one? Play it. I uh, think I do. Yeah, I bet you I've heard it, but yeah. All right, I will. If I haven't, fuck, you know, like, shit, I will now. Okay, I, I will play it. Um it's not, it's not Billy No Mates. No, it's Big Thief, not uh, from 2019. They actually they're a band that released two albums last year. Uh, this is from the. Oh, we album. played Big Chief. Big Chief. No, this is Big Thief. Um, yeah. 2019, 4AD Records from the Two There's Hands. So many bands like this show will never end. Yes, from the Two Hands LP. This is not. Stay full. 
with a blanket of thirst It's not the hunger revealing Nor the ricochet in the cave Nor the hand that is healing Nor the nameless grave It's not the room, not beginning Not the crowd, not winning Not the planning, not spinning Thief, not a song that ends with an epic guitar solo. Yeah, I thought that was a shit guitar solo. Yeah, well, okay. Yes. It's better I'm than I could play. <laughs> and like, just absolutely ruined a good song with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. 
Uh, I mean, you know, come on now. Like, like if you were in a studio and, like, I don't know, I can't noodle, but, like, just a noodle fest. Like, the song was great. And then, like, the last, like, that seemed like four minutes, but, like, it had to have been about 60 seconds of hell. <laughs> Kill. With all, I mean, like, you Kill. know, with all due disrespect to your guitar player, cut it off, mate. You yeah. Know, get back to the tune. <laughs> Fair enough. I I yeah. I I yeah I guess I see what you mean. It was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like splooge. If I mean, if yeah. if Jay Maskus or Neil Young were doing that guitar solo, uh, yeah, they do it way better. They're probably <laughs> quite quite likely. Um, but anyway, yeah, I do I do love that song, Gu- guitar solo or not. Um, Fade and, it out and go to the next one. You know, play another one by uh, Billy Novates. That's right. I mean, um, update. Knows, you know, I I am doing the last I mean, part. Vinnie Riley would. V- oh, Vinnie Riley would do a fantastic guitar solo on that song. He, would, he wouldn't have. He would have been way more measured. Much more measured. Um, I am recording the last part of the podcast with a cat on my lap. Um, well, good for you. Yeah, little donut, four month old donut. Teddy's yeah. Teddy's Christmas present. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so I will uh, that was that was a bit of a departure. I wasn't planning on playing Big Thief. Or you were planning on a lot of things during tonight's program. I was not. I was not planning on a cat jumping up on my lap. I was not planning on playing the nosebleeds. I was not planning on playing Big Thief. But here we are. I was planning on playing the Watts Prophets who were a group that started in, of course, Watts, California, near L.A. In uh, late 60s, they put out their first, I think 1967, they formed as part of a um, kind of a writing workshop, um, the Watts Writers Workshop. It was... Uh, Bud Schulberg formed that, and the group was comprised of Richard Dedeau, Father Amde Hamilton, and Otis O'Solomon. They put out their first record in 1969 as they were called the Black Voices, uh, and then they later became the Watts Prophets. Um, they put out a second record in 1971 called Rappin' Black in, the, in a White World. But... Uh, but really, you know, it was kind of spoken word poetry with a little, like, very minor instrumentation. Um, and I think now we hear it, and at least to my ears, it sounds totally like a precursor to hip-hop. Um, and in many ways, very, very heavily political. I mean, I think similar in a lot of ways to Gil Scott Heron and certainly The Last Poets, who were doing a similar sort of thing in Harlem, on the other side of the, the country, at the same time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're a band or a group or whatever you want to call them. I think that gets a little bit forgotten. You know, I went to, not the, again, I, I've mentioned this before, Spotify is not the end-all and be-all of what popularity is or means, but you go to to Spotify, Gil Scott Heron gets 800 some odd thousand plays a month. The Last Poets get 22,000 or so. Uh, Watts Profits get less than a thousand plays a month. So 
to me, that means they've been forgotten. Sure. Yeah. So here you go. I'll, I'll play this one. This is from their first album. The album was called On the, St- On the Street in Watts. And this is a song called Things Gonna Get Greater Later. Things gonna get greater later when sisters get in their place. And black men stop making manhood a disgrace. When brothers stop acting like fools and being used as tools with these funny civilized rules that brainwash the mind and keep you at a disadvantage all the time. Things gonna get greater later when black men declare war and become the aggressor and learn the value of murder in the first degree. Instead of let my people go free Things gonna get greater later When brothers rip off the world From underground position, damn permission They didn't get it from you Things gonna get greater later when God is dead And black folks learn voodoo And just what it will do Things gonna get greater later When brothers learn what nature is and who he is in relation to that. Things gonna get greater later when Toms have bullets in their eggs. And all, all, all exploiters are dead. <laughs> kind of cuts off because it goes straight into the next song, but, you know, I mean, very heavily political, um, very pro-Black Panther Party. In some ways, it reminds me a little of like kind of a precursor to gangster rap. Sure. You know, like what's the I mean, difference? Gil Scott Heron, like, you know, same vibe. Gil, yeah, similar vibe to Gil Scott, but much, much more um, take up arms and overthrow, yeah. overthrow the current situation, you know, very pro Malcolm X, you know, I mean, it's talking about murder in the first degree, you know, I, it, it's it's very provocative, even still, you know, 50 years on, it's still pretty... 54. 50, <laughs> 51, right? That was 69? Yeah, you said they started in 67. That was Yeah, they started in 67. That album came out in 69. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, is that... How different is that from straight out of Compton, you know, where they're talking about killing people and killing cops and, you know. No, the difference was like war machinery. I mean, like. I guess. And I I think the difference in the message maybe is. They get the war machinery off the streets. That. Off of everywhere. That. I hear. I hear the Watts prophets and I hear the message being to black men to take up and start uprising against the government and killing to make their life better. Whereas NWA is about killing because that's just kind of what they know. And it's the target is not the government and the white people and what's holding them down. The target is the world in which they live. And 
it's less threatening in some ways, I think, to the broader culture. And so therefore it becomes a much more palatable message, right? Like, so, well, sure. I, I, but like at the same time, like the basic weaponry was somewhat different, which is like, you know, my biggest concern in general is just like the access to war machinery, like, what the hell are you going to do in, like, 1970? Like, yeah. you got n- knives and pistols. Right. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, the Black Panthers were showing up to the Capitol in California on the state state Capitol steps, you know, fully armed. But fully armed yeah, but in not 1968... Yeah, like, like supremacist militia group showing up, like, you know... Right, exactly. That's in, what I'm saying. In Michigan, like, you know, like... For sure. Overwhelming the state capital with war machinery. For sure. I mean, Full, fully armed in 1968 is different from fully armed in 19... This is a major concern in this country. I mean... Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think that was, at the time, meant as a call to... It, it wasn't even music made for anybody but their own community trying to get them rallied and listening to what was happening at the time. I mean, here, I'll play this one. This one's six seconds long, okay? <laughs> this one's six seconds long. This is the, the Meek Ain't Gonna. The Meek Ain't Going Harry Shit. Cause I'll take it. <laughs> right? That <laughs> amazing voice. Who's who's the guy? Um well it depends on which song Who it was. was. So yeah. on um on the Meek Ain't Gunna that was Anthony Hamilton. On uh the song I play oh it was Things Ain't Gonna Get Greater, that was Anthony Hamilton as well. Um let's see, there's I could play one more that's 23 seconds long if you want to hear it. Uh, this one's this one's a message that still resonates today. Well, don't play any more Big Thief with the guy playing guitar at the end. I, I won't. This one's 20, 20 seconds long. This is We Must Love Black People. We must love black people, 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 we must love. Simple message. Yeah. Still holds true today. Absolutely. So, so yeah, Watts Prophets, um, ahead of their time, they kind of regrouped in the 90s and they did some stuff with uh, uh, Don Cherry and Horace Tapscott. But just a fantastic, groundbreaking group. Well ahead of their time. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, I guess I'll end the show. Yeah, end the show. It's yours to end. Yeah, I was in in 2017. um, I was in, um, I was with Schwerbaum and John MacArthur and I was at a, fantastic place in glasgow called the hug and pint it's a really great uh pub with like amazing vegan food um and uh we've got like a great like basement that does like live music and doesn't mogwai have a have a record that references the hug and pint or is it arab strap 
one of those bands, right? Yeah, the Arabs. Well, it's like a, it's, a, it's like a really cool place in Glasgow. Okay, and like um, they are on the ropes, you know. So like, um, you know, like a lot of like really cool small venues, like innovative ideas that like depend on like having a busy calendar and um, all over the world. And uh, the Hug and Pint, um, I got to go there. It was great. Like, um, I booked the gig, got in touch with them. Swerve on, I DJ at the end of the bar. And uh, we played the show with a band called Savage Mansion. who were on Lost Map Records, which is Johnny Lynch's label from Pictish Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, they Put on, I think the album they were playing at the time was Revision Ballads, and they have a newish album. I think it came out the, earlier this year called Weird Country. And uh, about three or four months ago, they put out a new single, and this is the B side. And it's just like a, well, you tell me what you think afterwards. It's called Third Land Art by Savage Mansion. Just great. Like these guys um, and, and Gal, they, they, uh, they were like, pumped um uh just like really enthusiastic characters and i think you can tell in their music um kind of like uh somewhat different musically but like the same sort of vibe as hanging out with uh delgados like in the Mm. 90s Mm. just the same amount of enthusiasm and like glasgow is just like one of the greatest rock cities of all time and this is uh savage mansion third linear
So, Bob, I have to say you threw me off with that because for a couple enthusiastic reasons. Enthusiastic people of Savage Mansion. For a couple reasons. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And um, for one, originally when I saw you were playing Savage Mansion, I juxtaposed them and conflated them with, do you remember a band from the late 90s, very slick kind of uh, boring alternative band called Savage Garden? I've heard of them. I actually like um, stumbled upon them in the last couple of months and and um, remembered. I didn't even listen to a second of it. But no, no, I don't know Savage Garden. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I was like Savage Garden. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they were just I think like if you like click on like if you go to Discogs and do a search, and before you get to Savage Mansion, yeah, then you get to Savage Garden, and that right. needs to stop. Savage right. Mansion's like right. So when when I saw what you were going to be playing tonight, I was like, "Cool, Daruddy Column, great, uh, Billy No Mates, current stuff, awesome." Into hearing it, Savage Garden. Eh, well, you know, at least Bob brought. Two I think or you'll three. dig, like, and the- <laughs> like dig. I feel like if you dig, I feel like if you listen to the two Savage Mansion records, Weird Country and Revision Ballads, like you'll wonder why I played Third Landmark. It's a B side off their most recent single, but like. Um, it's a lot to choose from, so I thought I'd get like ultra current, but, but like there's a lot of good music there. But, but no, what, what I was what I was trying to say was I was I was expecting to be disappointed because I was I was I was conflating them with a different band, and so when you played that, I was very pleasantly surprised. And when it's you, like an anthem, it's like you know, it's it, like, totally you know, New Year's Eve, like kind of being looked to see on New Year's Eve, you know. And you mentioned 2017, but then I looked, and that is an incredibly current song. Like that came out a few months ago. So yeah, brand new. Johnny Lynch, Johnny yeah. Lynch, Lost Map Records. So we we brokers typically love to be Lost Map. Yeah, that was uh, that was really good. I'll have to dig. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to dig into their catalog a little bit more. You know, it's like interesting. It's like to me, it's like road trip music. Like, uh, and I drive. I put around Des Moines. I'm sure you put around Portland. Like, drive a few miles a week. But like, one of the great things about enjoying music for me is taking road trips and like. Mm. Yeah, in some mm-hmm. cases, like, 8, 12, 15 hours. And like, it's like, to me, it's, like, one of my favorite road trip albums of all time is Eye Against Eye by Bad Brains, which is late period Bad Brains, of course. Yeah. And like, yeah. Obviously, Double Nickels on the Dime is an incredible road trip record. But, like, uh, it's just, like, you know, road tripping is, like, very key. So, like, part of this, like, lockdown year is, like, listening to music in the same atmosphere that you watch TV in. You know, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the ever-changing right. images of the road, like with the music. So, right. No, it's, it's, it's a fair point in that when I was working at an office, the commute was, you know, anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes each way. And that was my time to listen to music. And often what yeah, I Yeah, just like do, me, like with Prairie Meadows. Right, like right. Tw- 20, 25 minutes in, 20, 25 minutes out. Like, yep. I mean, I would like, you know, seventh race at Prairie Meadows, I'd just be like so ready to get in my vehicle and like listen to tunage, you know? 
Right. And what I did was this was now you're kind of seeing how the sausage gets made on three songs pod. But what I would do is I would load up my phone with albums that I hadn't heard recently or hadn't heard ever before that I thought I might be interested in playing on the show. And I would put them on shuffle as I was driving into work. And so that was how I got, that was how I would absorb the stuff that I wanted to share with you. And now I don't really kind of have that. So I have to find different ways to explore and listen to music, you know, bring music into my home. In Well, keep in mind, Mike, like the first 50 episodes of Three Songs Pod, you were having like a, uh, you were doing a lot of commuting in the New York City area. And like, that's, that's true. How you you yeah. made your picks. I mean, you well, were basically had like a hundred minute, hundred minutes of your day. You were like listening to music on your headphones, I guess, and like commuting, absolutely. like right. I mean, like, I'm, like, excuse me for forgetting episode eighty three's presentation of those, please. But like <laughs> during the early days, like you know, you would, um, you know, you would even say like, yeah, I was like. On the whatever train, yeah. like on the F you know. train into Manhattan, same thing. Yeah. You know, forty-five minute commute riding the train versus forty-five minute commute driving in my car in Portland. Yeah. Same deal. So, like three songs podcast, I think most people like. I think we depend on our listeners to be kind of in traffic jams. Yeah, I well, mean, right, and yeah. exactly. So, so otherwise, they wouldn't have the patience to listen to all this BS. For you know sure, I mean? for sure. I because I think I think. Being in traffic jams and commuting fueled the the music that you're hearing that you and I are playing for each other, but it also fuels the listeners because I think listeners are less likely to listen if they're not commuting. So, anyway, shout out to the listeners. Amazing. Thank you for yeah, sticking thank with you us. Very much, listeners, including um, I'd like to give a quick shout out to. Lynn Collings, like God bless her, and like uh, happy happy Christmas to you. And I, I imagine we'll probably do one for the new year. Yeah, um, Christmas Eve now, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and uh, anyways, I, ho- I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. What do you have planned for Christmas dinner? I I don't know. You it's... don't have plans. You don't have plans. No, I mean, you know, I mean, my kids and I will probably have. Uh, you know, it's not going to be super extravagant because who knows what they'll eat. So I'm just going to try. Oh, yeah, and, that's the thing too. Like, yeah, like, I'm know, just going to try and make over something. here. We'll eat just about anything. Right. Know? I'm going to try and make something that that I will want to eat. Oh, one thing that we will have the little French bakery down the street from my place is they have Santa bread. Ooh, fantastic! What's that French bakery called? Uh, Petite Provence. Yeah, and, yeah. And they petit Provence. Petit Provence. They make. I was in. I was in Aix in Provence one time. Yeah. And um, on Bastille Day, Ooh. and our bu- our bus broke down, and uh, so we missed a gig. Actually, the it was in the summertime. It was ninety seven, and it was so hot that they canceled our Italian gigs. So we had to spend like um, forty eight hours in a in. Excellent Provence, which is a pretty good place to get 
stuck. Being stranded, yeah. And, and, and um, so we were walking around, like, having a marvelous day, and then the um, Bastille Day, which I didn't know much about, but apparently, like, in this particular town, they just keep it going, like, there's 24 hours of wildness, and <laughs> and some, like, really, really kind pavement fans, like, invited us to their venue um, to play a half hour set and but we our bus was broken down so we had to put in fact our tour manager Noel Kilbride who I've mentioned on the show many times twisted both of it both both of his ankles like uh, carrying the gear and it was like a mile and a half and there was like it was a place that held 30 and there's like 30 outside like the moisture was insane, but like we just played, um, we played songs, all songs before Sunday Enchanted, like two or three times. And like, I remember like carrying the amps and the drums, and it was all way worth it, but like it was very memorable. Like, and uh, I love that place, Sex in Provence. So, anyways, you were. I, I, I like that my Santa bread that we're going to be getting. Santa bread. Santa bread. Yeah, Santa bread. Allowed you to send me some Santa bread. To, to, <laughs> to Very fondly. allowed you to fondly reminisce about some um, pavement tours. Oh, some um, of the best, like, but the uh, best, and very memorable. Like I could tell you, like eighty stories about that <laughs> night. Yeah, most so, of them just involve like members of my band and crew falling over. You know. <laughs> well, I will be eating bread that looks like Santa Claus. I'll I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I made cinnamon rolls today, and like only one got eaten. That's wonderful. Oh, had... send them. I'll eat yeah. cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Yeah, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> All right. Love all right. you, Mike. Love you, Bob. Merry Christmas to you. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to I'll you. Talk, I'll talk to you after Christmas, and I hope it all goes well. Yeah, we'll we'll talk soon. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We love you all. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah.